Turkey vests have a lot of pockets, but what do you put in them? On this episode, I'm going to talk about some of the must-haves for your turkey vest or backpack. Welcome to another episode of the New Hunter's Guide, the podcast and YouTube channel, helping new hunters get started and bringing new insights to all hunters. Guys, today I want to talk to you about turkey vests. I'm your host, George Kanidis, by the way. And uh, guys, make sure you take advantage of all of the resources that are on the New Hunter's Guide website. I've got articles, I've got reviews, I got links to the YouTube channel where there are all kind of videos about turkey hunting, testing different ammo and guns and gear and so on. Lots of stuff there to help you and, and guide you and help you save money from not doing some of the stuff that I did wasting money and things that I tested so you can see how it actually works and what it'll do. But today, turkey vests. Now, if you don't use a turkey vest, you use a backpack, that's fine. You can apply this same stuff to your turkey backpack. I'm a big fan of turkey vests. Um, I didn't start out using a turkey vest. I, I grew into them. But the number one reason I like turkey vests is because of the seat the built-in seat. You can just flip that seat down and then boom, you're comfortable. You're able to do whatever you want to do. You can sit down at a moment's notice. You can be quiet. Usually they've got some padding on the back for leaning up against trees because not every tree is flat or comfortable. And so, you know, they can just really be a nice tool um, not everybody, you don't have to have a turkey vest. There are world championship professional turkey hunters that don't use vests, which is fine. You can take this same list of items and then you can put them in whatever you're going to use. Maybe you don't want to use anything. You just have a bunch of pockets in your coat or in your pants. Well, this would be the stuff that you put in those pockets. These are the things that I am not going to go into the turkey woods without. All right, so if I'm going turkey hunting, of course, I'm going to have my clothes, I'm going to have my boots, I'm going to have my gun, and I'm going to have wherever I'm going to go, and maybe I'm going to have a seat, maybe I'm not going to have a seat. Maybe I've got a, you know, a flip-down seat on my turkey vest or whatever. I'm just assuming you've got that figured out already. Where are you going to go? Where are you going to sit? Now, of course, you've got calls. I'm not putting that on the list. You're going to go into the turkey woods with one or more calls by default. All right, you don't need advice to do that. If you don't go into the turkey woods without any calls, well, what are, I mean, yeah, you can still take turkeys, but I mean, I, I don't think I will ever go turkey hunting and not call at least a little uh, unless I forget my calls at home. But that's a different episode and a different topic for another day. I'm going to assume you've got turkey calls. So what needs to go in this turkey vest? What do I not go into the woods without? Well, first things first, extra shells. Extra shotgun shells. Now, how many extra shotgun shells? I take four. Maybe five, but usually four. Why four? Well, here's what happens with turkey hunting. If you take a bad shot or you miss a turkey probably four out of five hunters are going to empty their gun. Boom, boom, boom. All three shots. Even though shots two or especially shot three was a waste, 
You know, the old adage is what the shot three do. All it does is let every other turkey hunter in the woods know you missed with the first two shots. That's all the third shot does. And so, you know, but you're going to empty your gun. And then I have been in situations where I emptied my gun and then there were, there were still turkeys to be hunted. And so I needed to reload. And um, I didn't have shells with me. I had to travel hundreds of yards to where I had shells. And by the time I got back, I was tired and huffing and puffing, but trying to be stealthy. Yeah, figure that out. And I had, you know, I just had spooked out whatever opportunities I might have had. And so I blew it up. I might have been able to take a turkey home that day if I had shells with me. But you got to have some extra shells because, you know, you could miss a bird at 645 in the morning and then the hunt's not over. The day's not over. You got to have more shells. So I take four shells typically. Reason being, I can empty that gun. I can reload it. I could empty that gun again and then still have one more shot. All right. Now, here, because if you get a second opportunity, you're probably going to empty your gun again. That's just the way it is. And if you miss or it's a bad shot or whatever, you're going to shoot all three shells. Why? Because people just get caught up in the moment. Adrenaline kicks in. Whether they know better or not, they're going to empty their gun. And so you do that. Well, I want to have one more shell after I empty my gun the second time. All right, why do I have want to have one more shell? Well, maybe I did hit the turkey. Maybe I did knock it down, but it's not finished. And I want to have another shell to, to put it down in case, you know, it's, it's crippled or whatever the case may be. Or if you miss with all three of the second volley, you want to have one more shell. Why? Because that's all you really need. You know, we put three in the gun, but really the first one is the one that matters. If you miss with the first one, very few people hit with the next two. And so I got one more shell. I turned my, my gun into a single shot shotgun and I have one more solid opportunity to take a turkey, however that might come. And so four shells. Do you need more? I don't think so. I, I almost never go into the woods with more than that. Um, if, if I ever did, it would only be because I was hunting with other people and assumed they weren't going to bring shells. And I just brought some extras for them. <coughs> Thankfully, I, you know, I've done that in the past and, and it's worked out. I was hunting with a buddy of mine once. It might have been his first turkey hunt ever. We're at the car and he's trying to load shells into his shotgun, which uh, is actually a little early than when we should have been loading them. But he's trying to load up this shotgun. He can't get the shells in. He's having all kind of problems. He gets one in, but he can't get any more in. He's having all kind of difficulty. I get a flashlight out. He's trying to load three and a half inch shells into a three inch chamber. I'm like, oh, well, yeah, this is good. And he said the guy told him when he bought the shells, they were three inch shells, but they were marked on the box three and a half. And so, you know, after like 20 minutes of trying to get that one out of his gun, we finally did. And thankfully I had extra shells so we could load them up and he could hunt that day. But you never know what's going to happen. So you got to have some shells. What else do you need to have? You got to have whatever you need to maintenance your calls. So for me, that's a scratch pad and a little bit of chalk. Because I got a pot call and I've got a, a, a box call. 
And so you got to bring a little piece of chalk and a scratch pad into the woods. Maybe that's sandpaper, whatever, whatever you use for your calls. You got to bring that with you. Because what will happen is you hunted yesterday and, and you used that box call all day long and it's tired and you forgot to chalk it up at the end or before the next hunt and you get out there and it sounds terrible and you need to put some chalk on it but you're in the woods and you don't have your little four cent piece of chalk because you don't bring it with you. I, I've got little pieces of chalk in a little tiny sealed plastic container like a pillbox just like a, a rounded edged pillbox fits right into my vest. It's itty bitty, tiny little thing, works great. Got a little tiny scratch pad in there that I can use to scuff up my, my pot call, whatever I need to do. And I like to do those things in advance. I like to do them the night before. So my stuff is always ready. I don't have to mess with any of that in the woods. But too many times you get out there and you're like, oh no, I forgot to do it. Or you drop your pot call in a stream, you know, or whatever, and you bring it out and it's all messed up. Or you drop your box call and you got to dry it out and re-chalk it or re-scuff it. You never know what might happen. And those things weigh nothing. They take up practically no space whatsoever. But if you have them with you, they could be a game changer. Next thing you ought to bring in your, in your pack Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, which is the one I like, and Keto. Get started today and get after your goals. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 and use the code waypointpod50 to get 50% off. That's waypointpod50 at factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 to get 50% off. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com waypoint. That's mintmobile.com waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com waypoint. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. You need to have some string or a zip tie and a pen. Always string, zip tie, pen. Now, string or zip tie is fine, whatever, whatever you work with, in order to put that tag on the turkey and to fill it out. In my state, you can't move the turkey until you fill out the tag and tie it onto the turkey's leg. Can't pick it up. And so you got to have something with you in the field, in your vest, in order to do that. So I always keep a little round of string and a couple zip ties 
and a pen in my turkey vest. It's not complicated, doesn't weigh a lot, doesn't take up a whole lot of space, but I've got it in there every time, no matter what, because that is a big deal. Number four thing, paper towels. Gotta take paper towels. The number one reason you take paper towels is for when nature calls. Toilet paper sucks to take into the woods. It disintegrates, it falls apart. Are, is toilet paper more comfortable than paper towels? Of course it is. But if it's disintegrated and come to nothing by the time you need it, well, doesn't matter. So I don't just use any paper towels though. I like to get the blue shop towels, the blue paper towels you get at the auto parts store for working on your car. And what those are, they're a lot more robust than your regular bounty or whatever kitchen paper towels. They're a lot more robust. They can take a lot more wear and tear. They can, I don't know if they're more absorbent or not, but they just last longer. They can get wet and dry and wet and dry and dry and wet and wet and dry again and again and again and still have 100% of their strength versus, you know, toilet paper. After if it gets wet once, it can be done. Maybe you get one more use out of it, but if it gets wet again, it's over. And so, especially if you're, you know, it's getting pushed on or you're sitting on it or whatever, depends on where it is in your vest, you're putting pressure on it, that toilet paper will just disintegrate. Whereas the shop towels, the blue towels, now I buy a roll of blue shop towels. I usually keep them in the trunk of my car. And I use them when I go to the range. And I use them when I go hunting. And I use them when I work on the car. And, you know, I buy a roll for like, I don't know, $3. And it lasts me two or three years. All right? This is not a big expense. Now, the other reason why the blue shop towels are better than paper towels is they can be a lot softer and often are. There's different brands and I don't even know what brand I use. I probably don't even buy the same ones every time, but they end up being a lot softer than your kitchen towels, which really helps for the number one use that we're talking about here, which is when nature calls. And so those can work really, really nice in a pinch. That's an emergency situation. All right. But it's an emergency situation that sooner or later you will encounter. And if you're not prepared or you're not comfortable or you don't, whatever, it can ruin your hunt or end your hunt. And so I keep just just several of those big, you know, full-size sheet paper towels, the blue ones, just fold them up. What I'll usually do is put them in the back of my vest. So they're like extra cushion on the back if I'm leaning up against something. And I mean, they might sit in there for years without being touched, taken out, or moved because I don't need to. Um, or if you're hunting in a lot of adverse rain or conditions, you could put them in a zip bag and then put them back there. Just squeeze all the air out and they're going to last essentially forever. And so, you know, some blue shop towels, paper towels, something like that makes a huge difference. Number five, the thing you should have in your turkey pack, some kind of orange, orange streamer, orange flag, orange beanie, orange something. Because when you shoot a turkey and you're walking out of the woods carrying that turkey, you need to be wearing orange. 
you need to have some kind of... Now, some turkey vests, they'll include like an orange flag built into the back, into the padding somewhere. And so you could you could flip it open, pull it out, and then it just waves this, you know, just the streamer of orange that'll that'll dangle out behind you. Um, you know, you got to have something. It, it, it can take up no space, right? You get a, you get some orange, uh, some orange tape, not the sticky tape, but like the the kind that you'd wrap around an area to sort of section it off. You know, you get a few feet of orange tape, just fold it up into nothingness. You could put it in your plastic bag with your paper towel, but you've got orange. And maybe you tie that orange, you, you know, some people, they'll take their zip tie and they'll put it through their tag and they'll put it through a, some orange streamer and they'll just tie that off onto the turkey's leg. So that turkey's leg has a big orange streamer stuck to it at all times, right? You got to have orange. People get shot carrying turkeys out of the woods. Why? Because a lot of hunters are idiots and they don't listen to the new Hunter's Guide podcast. And they just shoot at whatever moves. They don't assure their target. They just see a turkey head go through the brush. Doesn't matter that it's upside down and dangling. They're they're overcome with adrenaline. And they just start pulling triggers. You gotta have orange. Something to give you a chance to alert the other people. That see you walking through the woods carrying a turkey. The thing that they've been after. And haven't seen or shot one for years or decades. Because they don't listen to this podcast. And watch these YouTube videos. You gotta have some orange. You've got a turkey. The worst thing that could happen. right? You've shot a turkey. You're on cloud nine. You're carrying out of the woods. It's the best hike out possible. And then you get shot. Right? That's like... Uh, you talk about going from ultimate high to ultimate low. You don't want that to happen. And just a little bit of orange. You know, you could keep a little thin orange beanie with you, right? In your pack, in your pocket, in your vest. You know, just something like that. And you just throw it on your head after you shoot a bird. As soon as you shoot the bird, as soon as you pull that trigger and the bird's down and you've confirmed it's down, you put that orange hat on. Right before you get up, before you move it, before you put the tag on, and you stay safe to hunt another day, you make sure you can go home. You do take every reasonable precaution in order to stay alive. You gotta have orange. All right, what else? That's it, guys. That's it. Oftentimes, I will go into the woods with nothing more than those things, nothing else. I'm going light now. If you needed a number six, it would be a water bottle. It would be a water bottle. If you needed a number seven, it might be like a, a cliff bar or some other kind of snack. But often when I'm going turkey hunting, I don't eat. I don't eat and I don't drink. Unless or until I shoot a turkey. Now, if I'm doing an all-day hike and I'm covering 10 miles, I'm going to take food. Not just a power bar. I'm going to take sandwiches and whatever because I'm going to be out there hiking for hours and covering you know 5, 10, 15 miles if I'm doing that then I need to take enough enough food to fuel me in and out and back and then not come home you know dehydrated and depleted whether you have a turkey or not then you end up getting sick you can't wake up the next day you got all kind of issues then you need to have food and drink but if I'm just hiking in 20 minutes for a sit Gonna hike back out at noon, 20 minutes. I'm probably not even gonna take a snack with me or any water. Why? 
because if I'm hunting there, I'm only hunting there because I know this is a good spot. I know there's a good chance there's going to be turkeys and I don't want to make any noise or any extra movement that could possibly spook anything or scare anything away. And so eating and drinking is exactly that. Now, if I'm taking a whole backpack in somewhere, um, then yeah, I'll throw a water bottle in there because after I shoot the turkey, I might want to take a drink or eat a snack bar. But in my vest, I'm probably not taking anything else. Why? I don't want the weight. I don't want the crinkling of the water bottle in my vest when I sit down or move or the crinkling of the wrapper on the power bar in the vest if I move or adjust or reposition. If I'm taking in a full backpack, then sure, I'll, I'll always, I always have a food bag in my backpack year round. In my hunting bag, I always have a bag full of all different kind of snack bars, trail bars, trail mix, you name it. There's always some in there. Every year I have to go through it to make sure nothing is overly expired. Um, but you know, whether I'm hunting turkeys or ducks or deer or crows or pheasants, if I have my backpack, there's always food and always water in my backpack, always at least one bottle of water. But for turkey hunting, I will often not take a backpack, just the vest. That's it. That's one of the reasons I like vests. I'm traveling light and that's light, both in terms of weight, but also in terms of bulk, right? I want to be able to just sit down without any extra movement or sound at a moment's notice. So that is all of the stuff that I take in my turkey vest. And often I'm taking less calls than I want to take. I will often not take my full complement of calls. Why? Because I just don't want all that extra bulk in my vest. I don't want that extra bulk slowing me down. Like, ah, man, do I really need two box calls today? Maybe I'll just take one. Do I really need two pot calls? Maybe I'll just take one. How many mouth calls do I really need? You know, you're like, mouth calls, they take up no space at all. They don't, unless you take 30, and some people do. You know, how many calls do you need? I would usually take two or three calls. Two or three. You know, if I've got a pot call, I might have a couple different, you know, strikers for it. But two or three calls on average is what I'll take. But I'm trying to go light. Light because I don't want to be burdened down. Because I don't want to spook anything. Because I don't want to have all this extra bulk. I don't want it to get in the way. I don't want it to make noise. And often what I'll do when I get there is I'll start taking out all my turkey calls and arranging them around me where I'm sitting. Well, if I've got two or three arranged around me and I realize, hey, I need to move, well, I can grab those and pack those up pretty quick. If I got 10, that's taking a lot more time. I got to make sure each one gets right back in its specific little slot and not make noise and, you know, all the different things. So I'm all about going in light. It's also cheaper. There's so many other things you could buy, but not trying to spend money and I'm trying to get in quick, easy, light on my feet. Again, whether I'm going to sit somewhere for, you know, a five minute walk from the car or I'm hiking 10 miles, the only things I'll take more of are going to be food and water. That's it. Um, What about binoculars? I don't take binoculars turkey hunting. I don't. Because... I will always be able to tell, well, well, here's the thing, shooting at a tom at 40 yards, if I can't tell with binoculars that it's a tom, the binoculars won't help me because me putting up the binoculars at that point is going to spook that turkey. And so 
the binoculars are really, they're not little to no help to me. Now, if I'm going to hunt big fields where I can see rolling hills for miles, I'll take binoculars on that kind of a hunt because there's a use for them. But in my regular lineup of stuff for, for turkey hunting, I will usually not even not even take a small pair of binoculars. Now, I will kick myself every now and again and say, oh, man, I really should have brought binoculars. But you know what? I think that in the long run, not having them has made it a lot easier for me. Now, every now and then, if I'm going somewhere I've not been before, I might take a rangefinder that has a magnification on it because I want to make sure, okay, what are my distances here from setting up somewhere? All right, how far is that tree? How far is it? How far can I shoot? If it's a new place to me, I might bring a little range finder that also has some magnification. So it sort of doubles as a low power binocular. But I, I prefer not even to do that either because, you know, I need to practice judging distance. I need to practice doing those things and getting better at that. And I'm just trying to go in light and easy and cheap and so on. So, guys, I hope this is helpful for you. Head to the website, newhuntersguide.com. Check out the scores of episodes on turkey hunting, all the videos on turkey hunting on YouTube. And please, I'd recommend head to iTunes, leave a five-star review with comment because it's the best way to grow the channel and help it reach more people. I really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time, God bless you, and go get them in the woods. <laughs>